Welcome to Next Man Up, your fantasy football podcast for all your starts, hits, ad drops, and other fantasy football news. I'm your host and commissioner, Derek Rieger, and I'm here with my friend, Greg Gavaz. Hey, how you doing? Ugh. I'll get down here for some slightly better of that sound quality <laughs> that you so desperately want. No, well, thank you. I appreciate that. We are uh, over here drinking some water and some Raspberry Pure Leaf. Raspberry Pure Leaf, if, if you want to be a sponsor, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. Dude, at I... Next Man Up Odd. Uh, we, 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 uh, <laughs> that was the weirdest <laughs> way you could say <laughs> that, that, Next that, Man Up Odd. That was absolutely the point because we only have one P in our Twitter handle. We do only have one P in our Twitter handle. You know, we, we really should have been Next Man Up with two P's and then had three P's in our Twitter handle. Well, the most... <laughs> It's not too late. We the, can change. We can evolve. The, the most the most unfortunate part about that is it's the actual Next Man Up pod with two Ps. Like, if we were to just say Next Man Up pod and, like, have people spell it out like that. It's taken and it's by, like, some nobody and, and that got, has posted, like, nothing, it's, has no It's got followers. one tweet that's essentially, like, brace yourself. A storm's coming for whatever podcast they were going to make. But here we are putting out real quality content and... They're over there doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So this is Next Man Up. <laughs> A nice impromptu recording. Yeah. Your fantasy podcast for all your starts, sits, ad drops, and other fo- fantasy football news. We're chilling here watching the uh, Bears-Ravens preseason Hall of Fame game kickoff opener. Uh, you know, because we were both working out. We didn't tune in until about four minutes left in the first, but... We're here watching some quality RG3 action going up against Chase Daniel. Some really high-quality quarterbacks here. Dude, RG3. God bless his soul for just him keep trying. Yo, Hayden Hurst is playing, though. We got, that's a, yeah, that's a so first-round draft I, I, pick, I was, isn't he? I was going through and uh, actually looking. I didn't tell you this before we started recording, but just because of how many guys are sitting this game, these are still the guys who started the game for the most part. So, like, there was no Flacco. There was no Trubisky. This is a pure RG3 Daniel matchup. No Allen Robinson. No Jordan Howard. So, like, uh, some key guys sitting, but you're still getting to see some good run of, especially some rookies here, hoping to see some Lamar Jackson action later in the game. Best rookie quarterback. So let's talk, let's like actually talk like people who matter in fantasy for these two teams because I feel like there is these these two teams are are teams that I look at and I am like I see the upside but I'm scared to actually make a substantial investment in either offense. One, because you have the uncertainty at quarterback with Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. You know, you could see that blow up very easily. And then you have you have uh, Matt Nagy on the other side, head coach of the Chicago Bears now. Um, but you also have Mitch Trubisky. Like, can he be successful as a quarterback? Like, what do you think? I'm a little bit more in the pro-Trubisky camp, but I am a little bit undecided in that. I think if I had to bet on Trubisky or Flacco to give their supporting pieces a better season, I'm betting on Trubisky, in part just because of the guys he's got around him. The additions of Allen Robinson and Trey Burton there, in addition to keeping Howard, I just think that that offense is much more loaded than anything that Baltimore has, where I think they're going to put up better stats, even if the quarterback doesn't quite have the Joe Flacco pedigree, if you really want to call it that. Um, that's That's kind of my take when comparing these two offenses. So Trubisky or Pat Mahomes? Uh, with the offenses they have or as pure players? 
uh, like on the on the offenses that they are on currently? Uh, in part, just because a little bit more proof. I'm going Trubisky. He's got that extra experience. If again, if you're going looking for our listeners fantasy this year, I'm going Trubisky. If you're looking long-term, Mahomes is going to be better, but this year, I'm betting on Trubisky. I mean, can you really call Trubisky's experience experience, though? Because this was John Fox football that we're talking about here. I'll put it like this. As I'm sitting here drinking out of this Sixers cup, trust the process, looking at Embiid's 31 games a couple years ago, that got him a lot of experience for this playoff run this year. I'm considering whatever Trubisky had to be experienced at the pro level, some of that adjustment to the pro game, pro style, pro pace, pro physicality, all of those pro items. But he was playing Blake Bortles football. They would not let him pass the ball. Oh, but you... you, (laughs) You know who you're talking to. You can't hate on Blake Bortles to me. Blake Bortles is the GOAT. Are you? If you're talking to Angelo Schmuck Madison over here, then you can go Bortles bashing, but you can't say that to me. Angelo Cheeks Madison. Uh, if you guys didn't know, uh, Greg is, we've decided, is Peter the Peter Schrager of uh, of this podcast. It's, it's settled. Absolutely. It's set in stone. Um, Whereas I feel like the rest of the league has basically written this show off as a uh, like a Skip and Shannon uh, Kmart edition, basically just like knockoff dollar store. Yeah, Skip I, I, and I'm Shannon bringing the Good Morning Football into this, talk. featuring Peter Schrager. You know, I bring the quality to the show. What else can I say? Yeah, I mean that's 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 fair, I guess. So if if you were if you were to just um, Basically, you know, strip strip these strip these guys down. Um, strip the players on both these teams down to like they're the only two teams left in the league. Who are you making an investment in um, in your draft? Say you need to take um, one 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 person out of either the Ravens or or the Chicago Bears uh, rosters. Who would you target in fantasy and in what round? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Allen Robinson. That's that's the answer. Really? Yeah, I, I'm taking him over Jordan Howard. I'm not a Jordan Howard believer. I sold on him to Dubs at the trade deadline a couple years ago because I still, there's just something about him where I don't believe in him. I feel like at some point he's going to have his job taken. Maybe not this year, but next year. Um, and, you know, keeper league, I want to draft somebody with a chance that I keep. I think Allen Robinson's going to get a lot of touches this year. As far as what round, I haven't done enough mocks to really give you a good round, but if he's... I think he's going in like the fourth round. If you're late third, I'd even go as high as late third on Allen Robinson. Really? As high as late third. Oh, dude, that gives me anxiety. <laughs> like, and, and it's literally, it's just like, well, so, I so don't what are know, you thinking? What are you thinking? I don't know about Mitch Trubisky. Um, so, like, if I'm, if I make, if I'm making an investment... On the Chicago Bears, I'm I'm doing I'm doing it very late, and um, I think I think I'm going to target Trey Barton uh, at the tight end position. Um, I'm I'm really getting away from um, investing the high draft stock, your third to, to fifth round picks, and your Gronks, your Kelseys, your Zach Ertz of the world. Um, I feel I feel like um, Trey Bur- Trey Burton's probably going to be a steal at his position. Um, just because no nobody knows what to think of him, nobody knows if Trubisky can make the leap, and you know even even if he doesn't end up working out, uh, I feel I feel like I could just stream the position and be fine. You still got your your George Kittles and your Vance McDonalds of the of the world uh, to help that out, but it's just Allen Robinson. I gotta call you out for being Penn State biased, first of all. Um, 
But <laughs> second of all, like I just feel like you got the injury, you got you got Travitsky, brand new offense. I know you paid him like a ton of money, and I know he's gonna be utilized. It's just like it gives me anxiety, especially when you got people like Demarius Thomas. Um, who else is going around that round, around that round? We just talked about Stefan Diggs getting that monster contract extension. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I am absolutely taking Allen Robinson over Diggs. Not, not even a question in my mind. I mean, for, for me too, that would be, that would be pr- pretty close. Um, to me, I, I probably would also take Allen Robinson over Diggs just be, just because I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm, um, considering how close Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are going in drafts. I am definitely taking uh, the the solid uh, the star the star that was born in Adam Thielen last year um, over over Diggs, who has just injury issues and everything. Um, other than that, you know, I feel like I I I may take Jordan Howard in the third just because of um, the position that I'm at and like the way that my mock drafts are. Um, playing out, um, you know that that gives me a little bit of anxiety too. Just because, first of all, the man doesn't catch the ball at all. Like eh, I, I especially been, in this new half point PPR format you got going. Yeah, I know that that doesn't do me any favors by any means. And like he's just bad. Like at when it comes to catching, the dude literally has like one of the highest drop percentages. Of all time, <laughs> I want to, I want to say, and uh, it's 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 just crazy. And then the other thing that that kind kind of like I factor in is there's kind of been there's been a lot of hype around the Bears organization, a uh, lot a lot of, lot of uh, Los Angeles Rams comparisons when you're talking about these two franchises. And the thing that I that I that I keep hearing about Jordan Howard is it's like it's like a teeter totter when it comes to hype. I've gotten some hype from Jordan Howard. I've gotten some anti hype from Jordan Howard. I've gotten I've gotten you know word for I feel like Matt Nagy's basically playing mind games with the entire league at this point. And it's it's sitting I'm sitting here and like one day I'm gonna hear that oh we don't know if we're really gonna use Jordan Howard that much. You know you really need to be up by a lot to really utilize that word workhorse kind of back whereas Tariq Cohen he's the man of the hour like you know reception specialist um in reality you know I I I drafted Tariq Cohen in a best ball league where I can talk about that in a second here but I have a little bit of buyer's remorse because I think that he's basically like a Darren Sproles type a Tavon Austin type um just like uh, he's a gadget player, you know, you, a utility I, I think knife. he's a really good late round sleeper. Maybe maybe even a waiver wire post draft sleeper, depending on how the draft's going. But I I think because of the hype, like he's not he's not he we we may he, a, may be able to cop him in our leagues because we play with stupid people. Um Well see I was kinda of thinking the reverse. I was thinking you get somebody like Tom Leffler who's gonna draft Jordan Howard in the second round, and then pick Cohen way too early as a handcuff on him. That's that's why I'm thinking we're either going to get some supreme value for someone like Cohen, or because of the general intelligence of our league, we're going to lose out on him because somebody overvalues a player like that as a handcuff rather than looking at them as more of a sleeper type guy. Right. And I, t- I have actually talked to Tom about like how he feels about Jordan Howard this year, and he has kind of a similar... Um, thoughts on me where it's like 
They're going to keep on giving carries to Tariq Cohen. Um, and we don't know if he's going to, if he's going to be able to return value, um, based on like the unknowns of the offense at the same time, I really can't see this guy producing less than a thousand yards in this offense. And I'd probably take him. you know, he's not, he's not the number one guy that I'm looking at in the third round, but, um, you know, Joe Mixon's a guy that's going around where he's going and he gives me like major trust issues as well. Um, I know that he, um, you know, was, was getting, uh, the, the O-line has been addressed in, in, in Cincinnati, but I also, there's just a bunch of different, um, variables that, you know, lead to more risk. And I, I, I don't like risk in the third rounds. I know, I know some guys like to swing for the fences in those early rounds, but I just want to stay as safe as possible. Cause I don't want another bust. Um, I can't have it. So I do want to circle around a Trubisky for, uh, for a second. Cause I want to take a look at his stats from his rookie year campaign. So he was in 12 games, advanced statistics coming out here, 12 games, four and eight record, not great, but a rookie quarterback. And let's look at the help that he had around him. I want I want to look at this because okay. this is why I'm such a Trubisky believer. You have Trubisky, you have Jordan Howard, who like we've been saying, very split opinion on. Jeremy Langford, who was awful last season. Really was a believer in him before last season, and I will eat my crow on that. Langford was awful last season. And then Cohen, who we've already discussed the merits of. But look at that wide receiver and tight end core last year. You got Zach Miller, who's like... Zach Miller. He was actually surprisingly good. I want to say that guy had some stretches he, where he, he was he's productive. Fine, you know, he, but he, he had productive stretches. He wasn't consistently productive. Yeah, you're right. And then look at those wide receivers. You're telling me Kevin White? Ke- Kevin White is your number one option? <laughs> Kevin you're, you're, White. You're, you're telling me that bringing in Allen Robinson and bringing in our boy from the Eagles, Burton, you're telling me that that's not going to provide a significant upgrade in addition to 12 games experience Four of which were wins. He led a game-winning drive. This this kid, he's he's got some stuff going for him. I think this year, with that experience that he already has, that's why I'm I'm not high on the Bears' offense compared to every other offense in the league. But when we're comparing them to you know the Ravens and the Chiefs, that's why I'm talking about Trubisky as highly as I am. And I feel like they've definitely moved. You know, in, in the place in the organization where I'm comparing them to the Chiefs, where they have a second-year quarterback that that really hasn't seen um, what he, we really haven't seen what he can do to his fullest potential, and as a result, the offensive coordinator, the GM, and the head coach are bringing in all the talent in the world to kind of um, skew him in a positive direction get the confidence that he needs to be successful in the league and really make some noise in their division, especially when you're talking about, uh, in my opinion, the NFC North is about to be one of the greatest divisions in football. Packers, Lions, Bears, and Vikings. Especially with Aaron Rodgers back. And that's another thing that I think last year, because of the nature of Aaron Rodgers going down, because of the nature of, you know, the Lions and the Vikings last year in the States where they were they were like good teams, but the offenses weren't as prolific as in the past. That's some way they could get away with the, as you call it, the Blake Bortles offense, also because they weren't really trying to win. But you look at what's going to be going on this year, if they think that they're in a place where they can compete, made some big offseason acquisitions, 
they're going to have to put the ball in his hands a lot more with the quarterbacks they've got in that division. You're looking at Stafford. You're looking at Rodgers. You're looking at Cousins. Those teams are going to air the ball out. If the Bears want any shot at winning any of those games, they're going to be in some shootouts, and they're going to need Trubisky throwing the ball more than he did this past year. Agreed. So, uh, Ravens. How, how many wins do you think the Ravens are going are gonna to get this year? Um, so here's how I'll put it, because I don't want to put a number on it without their schedule in front of me. I'll see if my slow internet can uh, pull up their can schedule. We, can, we, can we actually, let's go by, through it week by week, and we'll do win-loss through both of us. Hit me with this record. So, week one, we got them going up against the Tyrod Taylorless Buffalo Bills. Okay, um, so wait a second. We should also um, give an over-under on how many games you think Joe Flacco is going to start uh, before they put in Lamar Jackson, because that's going to be a big factor. I'll say Lamar Jackson. I think Just briefly looking at this, I think the Ravens' year is going to be pretty close to being done after Week 9, and then they have a bye week, Week 10, so I think they put in Jackson after the bye. That would be my prediction. So you got them nine weeks? Dep- nine games, ten weeks because of the bye week. Okay, okay. Yeah, so let's let's just that. I feel like that's a pretty good pretty good number, pretty good range. Um, so let's let's do it with that scenario. Okay. Okay. So week one, um, against the Tyrod Taylorless Bills. That um, hot take. Zero and sixteen this year. <laughs> if. I think Shady McCoy, if he, depending on what goes on, if he plays, I don't know what's going to go on with all that extracurricular stuff. I think he'll will them to a win or two. But dude, their their offensive line has been dismantled this year. Richie Incognito, they like trade. Didn't they trade away hey, another they, they, couple they, pieces? There's a reason I said he's going to will them to it. I didn't say he's going to run them to it. He's going to will it to happen. And Josh Allen, God. He's going to do well in that cold Buffalo weather, though. I'll tell you. Not not this year. God have mercy on your soul, Jossa. <laughs> you know, I think, it's, I think it's Coward who always has his take. You want a cold-weather quarterback playing up there. And I'll tell you what, if they drafted Darnold, he's not a cold-weather quarterback. Rosen, not a cold-weather quarterback. But you got Josh freaking Allen up there. That's a cold-weather quarterback. So I think, I think uh, regardless, I think we can agree that the Ravens win. I think so. Win that week. All right, week two, who we got? Week two, they are... At the Cincinnati Bengals. The, the, the fight in Andy Dalton. Um, what do you think? In part, it's, it's away. It's prime time. They got Andy Dalton. I have absolutely no faith in this Ravens offense. I have minimal faith in this Ravens defense. I, I'm picking Bengals there. You're, you're going to hear a common theme of me picking against the Ravens here. <laughs> Okay, um, you know I'm I'm pretty much sold on that, honestly. Uh, uh, it's close for me, honestly. It's close. Yeah, it's close. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'll 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 give it to the Bengals just because you know if I'm gonna deviate from you, it's just gonna be harder to keep track. Uh, week three, they're going up against the Broncos at home. How are you feeling about that one? Uh, I feel like the Broncos are going to win. I would agree with that. I don't know if we need to discuss that any further. Just Broncos probably going to win. Case Keenum's the definite upgraded quarterback. I feel like I, I'm I'm kind of a believer in that aspect. I don't know if that's because I've been hanging out with Angelo too often or what the deal is, but I'm excited. Um, week four, 
they're going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> L. Yeah, that's uh, um, unless whatever happened with Antonio Brown today is serious, and unless Le'Veon's holding out by week four and Big Ben gets injured. I heard he's day to day though, so like I'm really uh, not that worried about. Uh, that. All I heard about it was that, that Snapchat that you sent to our league, so I. Didn't do any further research. Yeah, I really wanted to instill fear into Angelo, maybe make him make a bonehead decision. But I feel like he's he's uh, he's gonna be fine day to day. All right. Week five, October seventh, they're going to Cleveland. The Tyrod Taylor having Cleveland Browns. I'll tell you, I'm going Cleveland this game. It's so hard. <laughs> like, it's, there's so many. Um, cause you, I got I got Jarvis Landry in my ear saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna put up 40 points on you, easy." Um, I don't believe 40, but I believe that they're gonna. Okay, so that who's, is- who's the quarterback week five for for Cleveland? Because that influences my decision. Well, that's a great question. Uh, I I could see Cleveland going based on what I've seen from their schedule two and two over the first four weeks. In which case, I think Taylor's still their starter. So I'm going to the assumption that Tyrod Taylor is their starter in Week Five and not Baker Mayfield. Okay, well I'm going against you um, in the sense that I think Baker Mayfield is going to be their starter by Week Five. Um, and with that in mind, I am picking the Browns to win this game. Oh, wow. so we're both picking the Browns, but with different imaginary starting quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, they're not imaginary. These are real people, but... Um, well, the, the fact that they're starting is the imaginary Right, part. hypothetically. There you go. That's that's the word for that's it. That's the word that we're looking for here. So what's our record so, for the Ravens? So through five <laughs> weeks, I was about to go into that. Through five weeks, we have the Ravens at one and four. See, see why I think that... But they uh, started one and oh. Yeah, they did. <laughs> On the bright side. Are, are you ready for what I think is another loss? Go for it. Week six, they go to the Titans. Yeah, yeah, I can't really Mariota that. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I hope they get their stuff together. You know, they made the the, ch- the change in the coaching staff. You know, I, I want to see Corey Davis be, like, an actual thing. But, well, that'd be a good thing to see, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not drafting him. I'm scared. He hurt me last year. <laughs> I'm just going to be here silently laughing. I don't think it's picking it up. Week 7... The potentially one in six Ravens are staying at home, but they're facing off against the New Orleans Saints. Oh no! <laughs> I feel I feel like this team should be good. Like I don't know why I'm agreeing with you with all this. Do, do you know what I said? I thought that Lamar Jackson wasn't going to be put in until Week Eleven. I'm now really starting to rethink that. The more that I'm predicting losses for this team. No, I feel like he will be all right, and and I just uh, I don't know, I don't know, man. I'm telling you, Kamara Breeze. Oh my God, they're gonna absolutely romp. Oh yeah, like I'm not arguing with that at all. Like it's it's a definite win for the Saints. Um, can we just run through like the opponents again, and maybe like give them a win <laughs> or something. No, or something. no. These predictions are final. No, 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 no. Because no. I, I don't think that they're going to go one in, one in seven. Do we have them at right now? Uh, one in six right now. They're about to go one in seven. <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. So, like, run through, run through the matchup. All right, so, so, so we have the Bills win, where we said win. Then at the Bengals, uh, I'm gonna chalk that up to a win. So you're gonna swap that. I'm one. gonna swap that. Uh, then we got at home against the Broncos. Win. Are you saying they're they're gonna beat the Broncos? 
I think you you think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to beat the Broncos in Week Three. I think that it could be close, and I'm giving the close games to the Ravens. Wow, I didn't I didn't take you for a Ravens homer, but I guess what we're doing now. My 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 mom's from Baltimore. Like my mom's uh, from week, Maryland. Week, week, week four is at Pittsburgh in prime time. L. There you go. Uh, week five at the Browns. According to you, the, 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 the Baker Mayfield yeah. Browns. Uh, week six at the Titans. L. Uh, week seven at home against the Saints. L. So I think you've upgraded them now to three and four. All right, that, and, and I, I have them at one and six. I'm, I'm maybe happy two about and six. That. I could see them taking one of the Bengals and Browns, but at this point, I'm just I'm <gasps> I am so <laughs> pessimistic about this Ravens team, and I am so much more optimistic about the Browns, Bengals, and Steelers. That's why I'm not going back and reversing on my predictions. But leading into Week Eight. The one and seven, or maybe three and four, uh, Ravens are going to be going up against the Carolina Panthers in Carolina. L. <laughs> and week nine, the final week before the bye, they get the Steelers again this time at home. L. So I'm at three and six, and you are at one and eight. Correct. And oh that, no! And that's going into their week ten bye. See, this is why earlier we didn't say that we were picking anybody from the Ravens for our team. On, on the other hand, Justin Tucker could be a sleeper pick I'll, t- this I'll tell year. you what, t- t- Tucker's going to be a great kicker because this offense is going to get down the field a little bit and then get stopped. Oh my god, so many 50-yarders. <laughs> I'm looking at him right now yeah, he's on his the backwards screen. He, hat. He's, he's looking at the camera with that look in his eye like, oh boy, I got my work cut out for me this year. Oh my god. As Well, they are beating the Chicago Bears preseason 10-7. to Oh no. Uh, with an RG3 touchdown. Because you know that's going to happen a lot during the year. Just give it to him. <laughs> Coming out of the bye, they're staying at home. Okay, so Lamar Jackson is playing. Oh, ab- by this point, he's absolutely playing. All right. Whether they're 3-6, and 1-8, and eight, he's playing at this point. Okay. At home against the Bengals. Win. I also think that's a win. I think that the combination of uh, a primetime game and being away is why they lose earlier in the season— but especially under the assumption that Lamar Jackson's coming in, uh, you know, first start at home, that crowd behind him, I really think that uh, he'll go ahead and he'll get his first win as an NFL starting quarterback in Week 11. So we have here Week 12. They remain at home against the Oakland Raiders. I think that this is going to be a win. I think it's going to be a loss. I think it's going to be a really close game, especially with Lamar Jackson in there. I think, again, offense is going to be even it's going to become more dynamic even just with him in it. At this point, maybe they've had a breakout running back because you know Albert Collins isn't really going to break out. Um, but I still think that I'm going to chalk that as a loss for them. Yeah, uh, John Gruden, I'll believe it when I see it. I will say that my younger brother just bought a four-foot bobblehead of uh, John Gruden holding a Corona. Um, so that's, that's something. Yeah, that'll be on the social media, absolutely. Uh, going into week 13, they travel to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. L. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we really need to talk much more. I mean, you got Matty Ice, Julio. Julio. Devonta Freeman. Yeah. Tevin Coleman. <laughs> Etc. And uh, week 14, take a little trip down to Kansas City. Um, I think that this is an L. But you think, I think it's, it's a, a W. Win. You yeah. think it's a W. Again, going back, I, I'm not a Mahomes believer yet. Kind of like you said about Gruden, believe when I see it. 
Mahomes, again, I realize this is going to be Jackson in his fourth game and Mahomes likely in his, you know, 13th or 14th. But I, there's something about Jackson and there's something about that Kansas City offense that I'm just not standing behind. You know, they've there's just something about Kansas City this year. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll maybe be a wild card team, but... I think they might be overlooking this game, just looking at the record on paper. I think they stumble. I think Ravens upset them here. Andy Reid is the Eggman. <laughs> he is the Eggman. He is the Walrus. Cuckoo, cachoo. This is an L for the Ravens. Um. A little outtake from the last pod. We had to cut a segment talking about uh, what Pokemon we thought each NFL or an NFL player that we saw as a Pokemon. And I told Derek over here that I was going to go rogue. And my going rogue was saying that uh, Andy Reid is Snorlax. So I'm going to go ahead. Was that really your take? That, yeah, that, that was my rogue take. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that he snores his way through that game. And that's why. The Ravens pick up that that sweet dub. Yeah, and Tyree oh, Tyree Kill is Charizard. Oh, only like their third or fourth of the year in my book. Something more than that in yours. Anyway, moving on. Week fifteen, they're going up against the Buccaneers at home. I think this is a really solid win for them. Yeah, win. I think the Bucks organization is a dumpster fire at this point. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> uh, week sixteen, they travel to Derek's secret favorite team, the San Diego Chargers. I was in San Diego last week, and I don't know if the people in San Diego like the Chargers anymore. I feel like it's just like I I I low key. Oh, they're L.A. now. Wow. Yeah. I feel dumb. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's that's the that's the issue that yeah. many of them have. Like I feel like it's just a bad breakup at this point, and both of them it, just need time. It also just like doesn't feel real to me because like L.A. Ram, L.A. Rams, there's like a rebrand there. But, like, L.A. Chargers, they just kind of move a little bit around the coast. And, you know, it's same logo. Really feels like the same team. It is the same team. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a really hard time. Adjust- well, but, like, you know, the Rams feel different now. Like, Gurley stepping up. They got Oh, got, yeah. Like, they, they feel like a different organization. Oh, absolutely. The, the Chargers, it's still Phillip Rivers. You know, it, it just, it again, it feels like the same organization. It's going to take me a while until I said L.A. Chargers and not San Diego Chargers. Yeah, I feel like the Rams logo got a little bit angrier <laughs> whenever it moved to L.A. Like, it's they're just a little more fierce, and they're coming out in those uh, blue, blue and gold, blue and yellow uh, jerseys, and I'm just like, oh, Todd Gurley. Uh, I hate, I hate that. Oh, I, I love said, Todd Gurley. That I said Todd Gurley. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but, but I, anyway, but he is everything. I, I think I don't care if they're in San Diego. I don't care if they're in LA. I think the Chargers lose this game. Oh, oh no, absolutely not. My my boy Philip is going to take all eight of his kids to this game so so they can rejoice. Yeah, he, he, he's and, got eight kids but no rings. And, and next, Joey Boza is going to be lifting them up on his on it like four on each arm on his on his shoulders. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I I am Peter Schrager until we start talking about Philip Rivers, and then I turn into Colin Coward. I'm just obnoxious, dismissive. I am to Philip Rivers and Pat Mahomes what Colin Coward is to Russell Westbrook. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, possibly Antonio Gates making a comeback, lumbering around, no, getting those two-yard touchdowns. Absolutely. I am all in on the Chargers this year. They're low-key my Super Bowl pick, Eagles Chargers. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. You know, I have to agree. Things to be Eagles against the Steelers. But that's a conversation for another day. 
Absolutely. Moving on. Dub. Dub. Or L for the Ravens. <laughs> Moving on to week 17, season finale. Uh, you know, we got them going with their rematch against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and I feel like if it's Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson at this point, I got to go with the Ravens. I think it's going to be the Browns in a playoff clinching performance oh. led by oh. Tyrod Taylor. Oh, you you uh you think you think Tyrod Taylor is playing 17 games this season? I do. That is a hot take. Well, I think he's playing. I think he's playing sixteen games. They do have a bye week, and oh. I and I and uh, you're right. I guess that would make a playoff game as well. I'm dumb, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think they'll make it out of the first round of playoffs. So, so what is uh, without going through the matchup? What is your theoretical uh, Browns finishing record? Um, somewhere roughly around the eight and eight mark. I would say I think they're going to go around five hundred. I think people. I, this is my big thing, is if you look at what happened with the Browns last year, it takes a lot of really bad breaks and a lot of really sloppy play to go 0-16. It takes a lot of turnovers. You're looking at quarterbacks in the league who minimize turnovers. And if you're taking out you know, the super elite guys like Rodgers, Brady, if you want to put Wentz in there, you know, if you're taking out that top cream of, creme de la creme, cream of the crop, Tyrod Taylor is one of the most, if not the most efficient quarterback in the league. He gets touchdowns, he gets field goals, he gets good yardage enough to pin teams deep on punts. He does that rarely turning over the ball. And for a mobile quarterback to have such a low fumble rate that he does, for a scrambling quarterback to have such a low interception rate as he does, he plays incredibly efficient football. And that's what I think is going to save the Browns this year. I think he's going to have a great year. I think they're going to trade him, get rid of him in some way, and then Baker's going to come in next year because he's going to learn a lot from Tyrod. But this year, I think this is truly Tyrod Taylor's team. And I think that you are a food truck, and Baker Mayfield's about to get in a fight with you because he is chomping at the bit to prove everybody wrong. Chip on his shoulder. Um, And none of this is against Baker. I think Baker's a great quarterback, but I think that year to mature— combined with just what Tyrod Taylor brings to the table, that's why I'm predicting this the way that it is. It's nothing against Baker. He, he can fight with me if he wants. It's nothing against him. I think he's going to be a great player in this league. Okay. Do we have final records for the, the Ravens? Uh, or is it just bad and, and, and subpar? It, it's, can we just sum that up? It's like, I think I had them at about four wins. I think you had them around maybe seven. I think that's roughly the split. Okay. I'm okay with that. I mean, I feel like the defense is good, aren't they? Yeah, I think the defense is good. They're, like, fine. Anybody in fantasy you're taking on the Ravens? Depending on when he scooped, I would pick Crabtree. Really? Yeah, I, I know we just had this where I, I was betrayed by him in the past, but, you know, you just got to keep going back to him. Again, depending on when he's there. Uh, same thing with Collins. Those are two guys who, if I can get value out of them, I would take flyers on. But I would pick them one to two rounds below average draft position for each of them. Yeah, so I think Collins is going in the fourth round. I take that back. I'd go two to three rounds below ADP for him. <laughs> I think Collins is going around the fourth round, and I think Crabtree's going around the eighth, ninth, maybe. I'd pick Crabtree in the ninth or tenth. If he's still around, I'd absolutely do that. Yeah, I think Baltimore is where Crabtree's going to uh, to die, I think. I think... 
He's a little, I don't think he's washed, but I think between Joe Flacco and just like not really being the answer in Baltimore, like he's, he's not going to have a productive year. I'm hands off on Crabtree this year. Anything else you want to get in before we wrap things up here? You said something way earlier that I wanted to go and bring back up. But you said it when we were talking about like week three, and we're now 14 weeks later, and I forget what you said. <laughs> um, so what happened week three? Like, what, what match it was, up you, were talking you said about? something about like either being betrayed, or like, it was like something not about these two teams. You're talking about like a pick that you wish you hadn't made. Oh, it was back when you were talking about Corey Davis. Yeah. I wanted to bring that back up and say, what was your pick from last year that you most regretted? Uh, Amari Cooper, by far. Oh, so you just yeah. get, if it's if it's just the, the same answer as last week, then I don't want to rehash that. But yeah, I mean, um, so it's because my my answer last week was Spencer Crabtree, but my answer this week would be Spencer freaking Ware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that hurts. And uh, OBJ and Julian Edelman. But see, like o- OBJ, you can like justify like where you took him. Like it sucks that it happened, but Spencer Ware, I took a small reach on him because I thought he had potential. And then I let Fee—I think it was Fee's—beat me to the Kareem Hunt handcuff. So it was that one-two punch of like that was definitely the worst thing for me last year. Uh, look, Ray Lewis is doing his dance. Good for him. <laughs> I mean, I feel like other other picks that um, I regret were probably C.J. Anderson. Um, they never they never really let him hit the ground running in Denver, and then he rushed for a thousand yards, and then they they shipped him away. He's with Carolina now. And another running back that I just like couldn't trust, even though he had a thousand yard season, was Frank Gore. <laughs> um, you know, he was unpredictable, up and down constantly. Um, and there was really only one or two weeks that you felt good about playing him. Um, so that, those are my two picks. But I also felt fell uh, prey to the whole Andrew uh, Andrew Luck's gonna be back week one, right? Yeah, that, that's gonna happen. That's not a conspiracy to sell tickets or anything. Um, so I I had a lot of regrets from last season, and I've really just been trying to do do as much research as possible to to make sure that you know things don't go wrong again. But they will, and then it will be next man up. I'll tell you, what, I think the last thing I gotta say before we head out is I'm excited by the time that I assume we record the next pod, if we don't do another impromptu one, uh, Todd Gurley will officially be my running back one for my 2018-2019 fantasy squad. Coming for you. Coming for you, Keith. Coming for that belt. You know, you're really cool. I know I am. I just want to say you're you're really cool. Good. Greg. I'll tell you, when when I pick Gurley, the, the amount of crap I got for that, and I'm saying, look who's laughing now. I'm excited. I'm real happy. Yep. Yeah, we went through this. Wait, is Lamar Jackson the playing? The update, Lamar Jackson is now in the game okay. at the start of the second Lamar half. Lamar Jackson's playing. We might have to just extend this podcast. Um, Surprise. We're going to do another entire half of football just commentating on everything that Lamar Jackson does. <laughs> to just to just wrap up the show, I just wanted to give a few shout-outs to some people who I think really inspired me to get this podcast off the ground. Um Jake and Amir, originally from the College Humor YouTube videos, um, I think you guys are so funny, so hilarious, and I followed you guys um, as as a fan to whenever you started started your uh, co- your company Headgum, who produces a ton of podcasts. Um, I listened to If I Were You avidly. Um, just a tip with Megan Batune, um, I'm 
like low key in love with Megan Mattoon. Low key, he says. Low key, high key. Uh, she's beautiful and funny and hilarious. And I went to Chick Fil A on Sunset Boulevard when I was in L.A. and looked for her, but she wasn't there. Uh, Twinovation, I, I like as well, and Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood, all very solid podcasts if you want to check those out. And the other guy I want to uh, give a shout out to is Gary Vayner, Vaynerchuk, Vaynerchuk, Gary V, um, hooked us hooked us up with, uh, you see him like all over LinkedIn, he's like a hustler, entrepreneur, but he introduced me to the Anchor app, which we are currently recording on anchor sponsor us or or don't um you know like we're, we'll still be out here grinding um but he's just really great motivational speaker and uh you know hustler that's uh really really filling my mind with positivity so i appreciate you and then uh also just a little shout out good good book suggestion i read things sometime um, and I want to give a shout out to, excuse my French, but I want to give a shout out to the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Um, this is a book that really transformed my perspective by just really introducing perspective in my life and um, really making me look at all of my different values, kind of putting me on the right path to uh, personal growth. And I really just want to shout out Mark Manson for you know making making you know self-improvement an entertaining kind of read so definitely definitely check him out um do you have anything you want to shout out plugs i want to give a shout out to a couple of older books if we're talking about new perspectives uh actually introduced to me by uh, one of my chemi professors interestingly enough uh innovator die by dr jack matson and how to win friends and influence people an old classic a 1930s classic <laughs> by dale carnegie both incredible books uh, will reshape the way that you look at your own mind creatively as far as innovate or die and will uh, really help you develop better relationships with people, uh, more constructive relationships with people, except for the section about marriage. That's incredibly outdated. You can tell the book was written in the 1930s based on that. But the rest of that book is absolutely incredible. Two things, if we're shouting out books that have given us new perspectives over the summer, has been some great summer reading. You can make it some great fall reading. Cannot recommend those two books enough. Yeah, I'm probably definitely going to read... Um, how to, how to win and influence how your... to win friends and influence people right yeah I have that paperback copy but I still I still got to get up on it. it might be my bedtime reading uh, from now on yeah no we'll check it out um, but until then this is Derek Rieger Greg Avazi signing up from Next Man Up catch us with the draft August eighteenth we'll be live streaming the event and also giving you up to the date um, fantasy updates uh, throughout see ya defense special teams. Wins fantasy championships. Fist bump. You, 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 didn't, you didn't see that, but it was a fist bump.